0: Welcome to Big Blend Radio's second Friday food, wine, and travel show with the International Food, Wine, and Travel Writers Association. We call them IFTWA. It's a lot easier to say than International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. I said it twice. I get a star. Uh, But we do this every second Friday. We get to chat with uh, the association's travel writers and photographers and authors and we find out uh, what it's like to be a travel writer, uh, where they've been recently, and uh, it is always a fun fun conversation. If you're a travel writer, photographer, and also a destination, I encourage you to go to their website, which is ifwtwa.org. Today, we're excited to welcome travel writer Linda Stewart. And this is super cool. Linda Stewart uh, took a genealogy journey. Now, we cover this on our shows all the time we talk about family history genealogy that's a I never spell it right and she's an English teacher so she's going to get me Um, but genealogy like there's a thing about going to a place where your ancestors have been and she did this with some of her family members and went to Scandinavia and we're going to hear all about it today so welcome Linda how are you
1: oh fine thank you and I'm really excited to share my journey with you
0: I know we've been talking what since July about this when you were planning it.
1: Well, I actually, we planned it three years ago and then COVID happened. And so we had to Mm. keep postponing, but it finally became reality last August. Wow.
0: Wow. So all that planning. So during COVID, did you, are you like, once you get into that rabbit hole, because (laughs) genealogy is a rabbit hole, Mm. once you get started, like, especially during COVID, did you kind of, I mean, were you up at three in the morning and not going to bed?
1: Um, not particularly, but probably up until midnight because you do find yourself in a rabbit hole because one idea and hint leads to another mm-hmm. and you, know, you have to check things out. And, and if, you, if you're interested in it, it can become quite a passion.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like you're a, a detective because it's like a mystery. Oh.
1: Yeah. Very much so. In fact, they do have some uh, true crime detective shows that had uh, genealogy uh, profilers that helped worked on cases. So um, wow, yes, very much so. Oh, Ooh. did you find any in, in, any
0: criminals in your? <laughs> I know we probably have some. But, uh, you know, time. Time. yeah, uh,
1: which is kind of interesting. But we can talk about that later. But that's yeah. fun. You never know. Most of the time you're going to find, um, and I hate the word average because it's not really average. They're just honest, hardworking people. You know, That's the stock, as my dad always said, the pioneer stock that, mm-hmm. that we come from. Every once in a while you find a very interesting um, ancestor. And I think everyone would because as it turns out, since your genealogy goes back exponentially, If you continued without any intermarriage, you would have more people than have ever lived on the earth. So those are kind of interesting finds too, because people do intermarry within um, uh, families.
0: it's it's the family circle (laughs) that's what i say it's the it's the game Mm. the whole family can play (laughs) oh boy think about this this, well i know well because there's interesting things in in um family history and you're going to find things that you just don't want to know and then you're going to find things like oh hooray that that takes care (laughs) of you know this over here was negative but this over here made it and then you find especially going back which is and and some of your family history goes into um, actually maritime history, which, you know, is very, very interesting, because you've got to think about it's not like you've been on cruises, right? It's not the same. right? It's not the same, right? So uh, let's let's start off. Where did where did you start? I mean, you went to Scandinavia. Hmm. You went all over. What was the beginning point? And who were you with? Tell us about your family because
1: it was three generations. Yes, my cousin and I, who share grandparents, um, his mother and my father were siblings. Um, We've just been interested in the family. Um, He's uh, 20 years younger than I am, but we've always Mm -hmm. been super close. And um, both of his uh, parents and my parents are now deceased, but we thought it would be fun to take this journey. So we started planning it uh, about three years ago. And then, Early in the summer, my niece had mentioned that her daughter, my great niece, uh, would be in Ireland on a foreign exchange college um, uh, law firm exchange and that she would finish a couple days before we would arrive in Europe. And she said, oh, you know, Cindy would really love to hop on your trip. And we were just delighted. She's 20. And um, my cousin um, 50 and I won't tell you how old I am, but it was three generations and um, with a little bit of different perspective, but the main commonality was um, the closeness of our family and Mm. um, the interest in seeing those who uh, went before us. That's, you know, really,
0: I think it's cool Mm -hmm. that it's three generations because we also, you know, our younger generations coming up the ranks for them to have an interest is carrying the torch and and preserving family history too, you know? So you all go off and uh, did you guys learn about each other through your family history? That's like-
1: Yeah, well, we've all been close all these years. So uh, I don't know if we learned anything about each other except that my 20 year old great niece, Sydney, She was the techie star, and uh, my cousin thought that, you know, we both thought, well, we know a little bit of technology, but she was very helpful. We were in a cemetery, and she was Googling on her phone um, or on some sort of an app, and she said, oh, we're related to this person. I mean, they're like a third uh, great uncle or something. (laughs) And she taught us how to find out. So if you enter a name, the birth year and the birth date and the uh, geographical area, you can find out um, if you're related to that person. That is if they're on the database.
0: Right. And that's the website Mm. you said, ancestry.com, familysearch.org,
1: right? My journey actually started when I took a DNA test a few years ago on ancestry. And the interesting thing or non-interesting thing about it was, um, I didn't really find any surprises. Um, my father's family, uh, we had diaries from, um, um, his family and then my mother's, uh, family, they both had a couple of, uh, cousins who were um, educators and had summers off and so they compiled German history and English history so we had a lot of background and interestingly there really were no surprises except I had um, Swedish a fairly good percentage of Swedish which I didn't understand until uh, I started plotting my ancestry and my I joined the um, ancestry.com which is a paid service and then my cousin told me about another service, which I think it might be of interest to people since it's a uh, uh, complimentary no fee. It's familysearch.org. And you can just mm. enter any of your family history. And what's really interesting is you may not have entered anything in the database. But maybe your mother has a cousin who's been doing this for years. Mm. um the lds church has been entering in yeah they're
0: good any names?
1: Mm-hmm. Are fabulous
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, we used a lot of um, uh, their documents and my ancestor had ancestors had had some of that and um and then other volunteers and churches and people who are interested this database keeps growing every day so every day mm. and
0: newspaper is interesting we- we started to find some of our family history in old newspapers coming up in just google searches and we're like oh my gosh there's so-and-so oh i didn't know he did that and that is our side of the family i mean we 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 have some crazy family history and i i know we wanted to do you know more before you came on but the actual dates and everything are in our storage unit we travel full-time so it's always a little difficult to have exact dates but um you know it's it one thing leads to another and you start finding out that there's this web of family across the country. we for some weird reason, our travels have had a circling back to certain places over and over again. And then we find out that we have ancestors there or Mm -hmm. actual relatives, distant relatives living in those regions. How bizarre is that? Why is that? I think it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, did you get a feeling when you went in your ancestors footsteps in these places i mean there's a it's a weird feeling isn't it it's like
1: it is very much i guess it's, it may be kind of a, um a dna deja vu yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: you inherit your eye color your hair color and so many traits from your ancestors one wonders if there isn't there's no scientific proof but one does wonder if there isn't anything else that you you carry with you and maybe that explains a lot of people's feeling of uh, deja vu. Mm. Um, one interesting thing is that we uh, arrived in Denmark and everywhere we went had a licorice store. <laughs> <gasps> See, licorice I, must I must
0: be Danish. I must be, I am I am addicted to licorice. I must <gasps> be a Dane. I have to be. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: yes, a and great it was Dane. So interesting, licorice ice cream. Um, it was. Blue, it was something I could only have two or three bites of, wow. and that was satiating, and and that was fine. Um, But uh, amazing, a whole store dedicated to um, shelves and shelves of different kinds of licorice, mostly black licorice, salted. Oh my out.
0: gosh! I need to go. I you have no idea how <laughs> like weird I am about licorice. Listen, and I my talking of Twizzlers, but that's not
1: it. Perhaps that was all.
0: Uh, handed down wow wow some of the best licorice i ever had was when we lived in england and mm-hmm. i'm just like this is this is this is this is real part of licorice. me so yeah real licorice and then south africa we had licorice too and and here the peanut patch in yuma arizona has the best licorice i'm sorry but every time they open up i'm like you know we've got to go through We'll we'll be there next year but we have to go through and get licorice. I mm. just it's 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 uh, it's
2: real licorice as opposed to and I've to had licorice. The I sweet sweetie. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't well, want to say brand names.
1: Um, I've talked to a lot of people and mentioning that a lot of people. Oh, we like red licorice, but we don't mm. like black that's not licorice. not, that's not, that's not licorice. Licorice. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, and there's salty licorice. licorice. There's salty licorice. Yes, the salty one is. I really like the salty one. Mm. You have soft mm. licorice, hard licorice. We found some licorice, black licorice gummy bears. I got hooked on those. Dude,
0: sorry, yeah. but now I'm getting a little excited. Now now there's Uzo too, you know, and Sambuca, I'm just saying. Yes. Uh, I yes. know so. that you, well, everybody, Linda Stewart, okay, is a cocktail lady. She she has a column on the, uh, our, our friend's website, life-uncorked.com. And that's the Montgomery's, uh, Sue and Tom, right? yes. So they have that and she has the cocktail corner and she entered our Craven Raven cocktail contest <laughs> and we got to taste your cocktail. And that yes, was very so cool. much and she,
1: fun. Yeah. That and you, was what you should do it again. Won,
0: you, won, you won second place, right? Yeah. Yes. That was second. I had to remember there. Yes. I remember because you had Violet something going on. I'm like, somebody yeah, got all. It
1: Violet. Yes. That's it. That's a, yeah. Craven Raven. And so we wanted something dark.
0: Yeah, and and they're still rocking and rolling. We saw them. We finally got to see them perform last Thanksgiving weekend. We We were in Florida, and we went, and I mean, Mm -hmm. they were back performing at the very beginning and finally getting to see live music, and- I had to drag Nancy out of the place they were playing because she's like, I'm staying here all night. I'm like, no, we have to go to, we have to go back. We I'm have like, to do no. all this stuff. And she's like, exactly. no, leave me, leave me. They were fantastic. <laughs> they were an amazing, amazing show. But um, I remember tasting and obviously did well with that. But uh, now Uzo or Sambuca, would you make a cocktail? We used to make one called the Barman's Belch using.
2: The Barman's Sam- Belch. Belch.
0: Yeah. Oh. So we I think we were taking Sambuca and Kahlua and vodka and mixing it together. And oh, that's in oh, South I Africa, like something like that. And there was chocolate in there somewhere. Because <laughs> we used to have in South Africa a liqueur called yeah, knock South South music. Africa. Night night is like it's like Godiva. Um oh,
1: night music like uh, Mozart.
0: Knock music little yeah. night
1: music, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's a liqueur in South Africa. So I think oh, part no. of everything that you're talking about is connected to South Africa because we also had a lot of Scandinavian and Dutch oh, people, yeah. right? Holland, du- all the Dutch. Um, now you're in Southern California, right? So have you been to the Carlsbad Bakery, the Danish Bakery in Carlsbad and
1: Encinitas? Oh, you know, I haven't been that. I've been to Solvang. Oh well, you've got a guest north of here. Um, On one side, to backtrack just a little, um, you find a lot of aquavit in the Scandinavian countries, which is like a Sambuca, it's an anise uh, licorice type. Is it green? No, it's clear.
0: Okay. And I have have tried to experiment
1: with that. And then I think Pernod is also, it's a French licorice one, P-E-R-N-O-D. The thing of it is, is that um, licorice is such a strong flavor but I yeah, like exactly. that licorice and uh, kalu I'm going to have to try that.
0: Yeah, I it, it's I think it was Uzo or Sambuca. I wish I had that, but I don't know. It was one of those crazy things that we all created one night in South Africa. And then we <laughs> used to have cocktail contests at the very beginning of our magazine. I mean, 25 years ago, print magazine. And people would send their recipes in and we'd gather all these prizes. But all the people we knew would come in and we had a huge tasting party in Encinitas, California, down the road from you. And everybody had to have cabs going home because literally some of the photos and they're in our storage unit, actual back in the day of actual, you know, photo, photos, not like, you know, back in the print photos, or whatever. Um, Matt, it was a matte finish.
1: <laughs> well, let's do that again. I propose that we do that.
0: Yeah, I, I know. that was called the Big Blender contest yes I love that i love and this so that oh. was all big and at that cocktail everybody's tasting we had a, a real master cocktail dude at the rest it was the at the rain tree in encinitas i remember mm-hmm. the rain tree and he he made i mean we're talking 25 years ago mm. and he made them all up and we all sat and tasted and literally i have photos of people's heads on the bar because <laughs> i mean we were tasting it got a little crazy but we did it a few times and it was very popular for everybody. Mm-hmm. Just I, I,
1: I think it uh, needs a reboot.
0: That sounds fun. When I we come out to California, like, let's oh, do it. I
2: like that. I would like to make a drink called the reboot. Oh, oh wouldn't I'm that not, be a great cocktail? Kick it off? Yeah, the reboot. You could add some Red Bull to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's have some, Bowl, some tequila. It's a tequila. Like
0: a reboot to go, please. Oh, oh, and if you're gonna have a reboot, you could put it in those glass boot shoes. You know those like glass. Yeah, uh, the cowboy. Oh, boot. Those yeah. cowboy boots, glasses. Boot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then we good. have to go to Temecula because you guys have cowboy stuff going on there. Yeah,
2: oh, yeah. <laughs> be <laughs> oh <laughs> I feel some experimentation coming up, Lisa. I know. You See, I will look, come up with. Well, the let's remember.
1: Let's put here. that on the docket.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I I think you need to make a cocktail that embodies your genealogy journey. See how I'm getting us back on track because we did go on a right. rabbit hole. Right. It was the yeah. cocktail rabbit hole. So I think that we need a genealogy cocktail contest where people okay. make a drink that tastes on their genealogy
2: dude see what just happened yeah Yeah. i'm in let's do it you thought you have one parent here one parent there so you look at the countries that their ancestors came from and find out what liqueurs and drinks are popular in those countries and mix it up
1: I love that idea. Interestingly, besides the Aquavit in the Scandinavian countries, because we went to Sweden and then later on to Norway too, um, pomegranate is very Mm. popular. Ah, so obviously really? they get that probably from spain because you can't oh, go a
0: lot of mediterranean countries not that far like they haven't right.
1: yeah, over far right and um mm. so we had a lot of pomegranate drinks very popular Ooh,
0: well that's good it's antioxidant mm. you know yes yes very that's much.
1: really good it's
0: good for holiday season i mean we are in december right now so that's pretty good yeah, So not very
1: the much other thing wine though um mm. i think a lot mm. of it, it is, um, um, you know, the climate, but they are working as a lot of um, other places are on getting something that is conducive um, to uh, the climate. A lot of universities uh, work on that. I know University of uh, Michigan and um, a lot in the United States around the colder areas, their extension programs worked on um, uh, creating grape vines that um, um, will do well in the climate so like
0: ice wine and things
1: like that so So you can make ice wine a better selection there was some but But, you
0: know this is interesting talking about the cocktails but the reality is when you're traveling in your ancestors footsteps you start did, did you taste like food that has been around for like real regional like dishes so now you can taste what your ancestors ate kind of thing
1: Yes, one of my disappointments was that I've always cooked Abel Skeever for and my kids love it. And I've cooked oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. For my, my, prepare it now for my grandchildren. But when I went, when we were in Denmark, I tried to find Abel Skeever, and they said it was only offered at Christmas time. Right.
0: Oh, really? So wow. now there's a restaurant in Visalia that does uh, able skeevers. In fact, we did a video. I mean, this is going like 15 years ago, Nancy, yeah. 10 years. Last I don't know. We're dating ourselves terribly mm-hmm. on this show, but um, she, we did a video of her making able mm-hmm. skivers and they are yes. delicious.
1: Well, yeah. see, that's a holiday. Yeah, break. we love them too. And Solvang will make them all year long. That's why I was surprised when we were in Denmark. They said, oh no. And um, couldn't find wow. any lefse in Norway. I guess that's more of a, a holiday. Oh, Uh, creation too. So our our friend (laughs) makes
0: that we made. She's from Scandinavia and she Ah. made that one Christmas time for us. And that Mm -hmm. was really light and lovely. And it reminded me of the crepes in South Africa. They were crepes Mm -hmm. or they would call them pancook pancakes, but they're really like crepes. And they would put uh, sugar and cinnamon, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. powdered sugar and cinnamon and sometimes honey or the golden maple, golden syrup. It's a little different than what we get over here. And it, oh my
1: gosh, it's so good. It's it's really good. Mm. My mother used to uh, serve lafsa, but she bought it at a store. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. There are lots of oh, okay. Canadians in Oregon because of the fishing. And I haven't checked in the last few years because my son-in-law makes uh, lafsa. He's Norwegian. And so um, uh, that's always nice to have fresh lafsa. But when I was a kid and yeah, she would get it. We would put butter and, and sugar and mm-hmm. uh, just roll it up. And, and so yeah.
0: now our friend comes from the Swedish background and they make that. So it's mm-hmm. not just Norwegian, then, right? It's kind of their.
1: And, and the Danes do, lasse, but Norwegians will mm-hmm. tell you that that's their claim to fame. Like, uh, okay,
0: yeah. no, wait a minute.
1: Ludafisk. have adopted it, that they
2: will. Ludafisk. We want to oh. hear. Come no. on, Nobody we have food food. That. <laughs> no claim to that. Have you tried Buda
1: No, <laughs> I, I've been very adventurous in trying lots of things. And there was um, some really great food. We went to a, a fabulous Michelin restaurant on them. Um, mm. um, there's an island that we found at where one branch of the family came from. That's Ooh. about hundred miles east of uh, Copenhagen. It's in the Baltic. Mm. And it's uh, an island that a lot of Danes, it's a Danish island, but a lot of Danes go there for um, vacations. In fact, the illustrious um, ancestor that we found that was kind of a scoundrel and served, I think, a little jail time in his early years. Uh, from, I don't know why that's cool, but it's cool. He <laughs> came from, you know, somewhat uh, nobility, so he got off on, on some things, but um, there was a war between Sweden and Denmark, and Sweden took over Bornholm, and this is in the 1600s, and um, he helped get it back, so he got a reprieve and an estate, mm. um, and $200, the equivalent of $200 a year as a stipend, but only and for the rest of his life, so it wasn't passed on, but we were able It's Magelgard, and we weren't able to find that estate. Now, the estate in the 1600s does not mean Beverly Hills. (laughs) It's, um, it was fairly modest, but it was big. Um, In fact, one huge side was for the horses. And uh, two stories, um, but you know, hay on the floor and and things like that. But this is what an estate was in um, the 1600s, but it was fun finding that knowing that our mm. i think our 10th great-grandfather had lived there scoundrel that's there. amazing but and name like, now is the liberator of born Home. so he did kind of redeem himself
2: you you never know what you're going to find like i know my parents would tell me not to listen to my grandmother my grandmother on my mom's side who came from Hull in yorkshire and england and uh, she married a man twice her age, got married when she was 13, and she married a man, and it was an arranged marriage uh, from the Isle of Man, and he told me that um, his last name was Holroyd, and there's supposedly a castle mm-hmm. there, and that, that we have a castle. But when I Google it, I can't find it. So well, we I don't remember know we people, had
0: the yeah. one aunt that, like, she was all yeah. right. Nancy started doing stuff, and then all of a sudden, yeah. these people started emailing, and you know, <laughs> then you and if you drop the rabbit hole, you lose the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. But she sent photos, and I know it was on one of my computer crashes. But there's yeah. photos, and she said, "Oh, it's no, oh dear, it's it's no longer a castle. It is now <laughs> yes." An apartment building flats. or It's something. an apartment yes. building, a block of flats. And yeah, and, But she did have photos. And so, and that's the one thing you talked about, how names also mm. change. So it's very, yeah. sometimes you can go on detours because the spelling mm. over here will change when people immigrate. They change right. their names to make it easier mm. for people or mm-hmm. it also during the Holocaust period. And for mm-hmm. many reasons, people will change their names. And you know, and, and now there's a trend for people, you know, to change their names
2: all the time. But <laughs> just for the I but I, I first saw an exhibit in the Museum of the Occult, which is no longer hmm. um, functioning, the Museum it of really, the I Occult. And, I know it's a museum of occult things in San Francisco. And my family was there in, in as the an museum. exhibit as an exhibit um, oh, nice. because apparently we're a lot we got a lot of witches and, and
0: National Geographic off. did a thing on them too mm-hmm. years yeah. ago and we need to go yeah. and find that I know we're, we're you know what I there know. are people that help with this and our friend Erin Youngless mm-hmm. just started this actually she Look her up on the Pfeiffer thing or whatever it's called. You, she helps people who who do not have time doing genealogy. Doing
1: genealogy.
0: Have you run Mm -hmm. into that in your research, or you go and you're you're in it. You're you're
1: really. But what I want to pass on to you is that Ancestry.com, or if you wanted to start on Mm FamilySearch.org. When you enter in, usually it's a grandfather or great grandfather. That's when you you know when you get exponentially all these other people related to you that are working on it. When you click on the name and you can find that they're in the database, you, will, you can click on sources, you can click on memorabilia, and people will upload birth certificates, baptismal records. Um, when we, a lot of our time was spent in going to churches in Denmark mm-hmm. and a couple in Sweden. Because those were the ones that had the baptismal records and marriage records. Mm -hmm. And we knew that they were from that town and that, you know, we're, we're touching the baptismal font that so many relatives at different ones throughout the two countries had been Mm -hmm. baptized in. And that was, and that was very meaningful. Mm -hmm. But I think you'll find if you enter that on your own and you go into the other options, you will find so much military records that have been mm. uploaded. And maybe even the castle has, because on another, on my, um, that was, Bornholm was on my grandmother's side and on my father's father's side, um, the mainland of Denmark, uploaded um, onto the site had been um, a map of a family estate. And again, the estate wow. was different than this was a 1700s one. And so we went to this town, uh, Amundrup, uh, which is oh, probably 50 miles South of Copenhagen. And we went to the church and we started asking around and the church was closed, but we called um, the number and we got a person on the uh, vestry. She was very nice. And she said, oh, you know, the church is closed. And we said that we'd come from America and we thought maybe our relative had, had gone to this church And so we gave our number and and until we were leaving the next day and about five minutes later um her husband she called back and she said my husband will be right over to open the church for you because as he told me if they can come thousands of miles to check on their ancestors we can go a few miles and open the
2: church oh
0: that's sweet that's but this is yeah. this is such a special thing and you talk about this in your article and everyone, uh, Linda's article is up on blend radio and TV.com and just type in Linda Stewart and it will come up. Um, you talk at the end that this is really some a, a different way of looking at your travels, right? You talk about this. and, and I really we've talked about this a lot. Uh, Glenn Burroughs is on our show every month. He runs Norfolk tours in England and he actually facilitates taking people and helping them find their church records, taking them to the church. Mm-hmm. And he always talks about it. I mean, this is a very emotional mm-hmm. journey. And right now, a lot of, I, I just kind of feel like we should touch on this, not just as travelers. You know, we look at, you know, we're going to travel, we're going to spend money. We want something transformational, something that's really going to move us when we go. And sometimes this is a little bit more than, Going and seeing the big sites. Okay. Yeah. You want to do those in between, but this is something very pure and real. And these places are becoming ruins sometimes, you know? Yes. So there's a, there is kind of a get her done now before they go away. Um, and I also believe that destinations should actually incorporate this into their tourism outlook which i think they kind of overlook they'll put in churches and things but they're not looking at it really as people traveling for genealogy yet it's huge Mm -hmm. especially in certain areas especially in ports Mm. ports railroad Mm -hmm. destination like places that were hubs of commerce i mean there's certain areas that should really go for it and you know what I mean? It's like they you go to a hotel and remember back in the day, they'd give you a printout in the hotel. Now everything is digital. Here's mm-hmm. the local churches. Here's the local AA and here's your Gideon's Bible. Right? It was about you going to church, but it's actually way bigger than that. You know what I mean? I don't, okay, now someone's going to yell at me for saying that, but you know what I mean? It's, it wow. is, I mean, it, imagine going to a service that your family went you know, what? no matter what you believe mm-hmm. in. I mean, if I found, you know, somebody, you know, went to this church or even ran the church or was a whatever, a priest or a rever- I would go in there and go into a service and see what it was like for them. That would be cool.
1: Well, I think this is new territory and I can't emphasize yeah. enough how technology just within, I would say, certainly within the last 10 years, but even within mm-hmm. the last four or five years has completely mm-hmm. changed because- mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm, yeah. seen the uh, television show Roots and there are a lot oh, of God, I love that. Mm-hmm. shows on now. People are interested, but these people are uploading data. Mm-hmm. And again, every day it changes because there's mm-hmm. more on it. And the more and more See, people who upload this is addictive. My, mm-hmm. my grandfather's cousin and my um, uh, uh, grandmother's cousin on my mother's side They took years compiling genealogy, and they both have books, and I've gone through them to get some ideas on my mother's side because I want to do more genealogy uh, journeys, but I think of the time and effort, and even though I spent hours and hours and hours, all the information was there. I did have to verify. I would say 90 to 95% of the information is accurate. But every once in a while, you'll find, um, well, this could not be their child because they had died before uh, the birth date. So you have to check dates. Again, mm-hmm. this is very often. And there was an error on my uh, great-great-grandmother. She had died. And then my grandfather had remarried her a couple of years later. So it had the, the children born of that same couple as being half siblings which wasn't true so i corrected that but little things like that mostly having to do with dates so you do that's my caveat you do have to be uh, diligent because it's humans documenting it too oh, and yeah. humans make errors but but i, I would say that's, the vast majority yeah. And, um yeah. yeah it's true you just have to make sure does this does this make sense uh was well, my uncle's name indeed that and you can go back um and check on that And then one more thing Mm -hmm. I wanted to add with um, genealogy travel is that, and this is what um, my cousin and my niece were so helpful on for me was Google translator. There were Mm -hmm. documents, there were church pamphlets and there were um, documents at this one farm um, that was now a museum that had been in the family and they have a, a website, but it's all in Danish. But with Google Translator, you take your phone and you scan the document and it translate it into English. And that's, that's, cool.
2: the,
0: that's really huge. And that's the thing too. You know, when you do genealogy, if you're just going and mapping the gene, genealogy, then you, and you'll maybe look at a globe or an atlas or Google Maps, right? But it's different if you're planning to go there, then it's like, now you're getting ingrained. Now this becomes like, Wow, mm-hmm. and and then you have to start learning the names because you're going to go there, and you don't want to just get off a train and go where the hell am I? You know, <laughs> what I mean, it's like you. I mean, we all do that at times They get out of the car, get off the train, off the plane, whatever. But at least kind of start to go. Oh my gosh, you know, let me check this out. Look at cemeteries. It becomes kind of your guy. It's a guide in a way of travel. It's it's very real and. I know in tourism, we're talking about transformational travel all the time. We're looking at regenerative, uh, regenerative travel. And with that, we're giving something back. And I think there's something about genealogy that when you go to a place, you're able to add back into the genealogy part of the connections of what happened with the people in the States from your f- family being over here. So that's kind of this, 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 This is, you know, we used to all go to the local pub. They said go to a pub or a church to meet people, right? Mm -hmm. This is kind of that midway where we actually connect with people and you'll find distant relatives too. Did you find any distant relatives while you were out there that you think you're related to? Actually, we Living, 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 I should
1: say. My cousin had a friend in Sweden. Uh, We were... um, uh, in um, uh, Stockholm. And so we went to dinner. And so we thought, well, it'll be fun. So um, I think Ancestry does, but Family Search has um, a place where you enter someone's name. And it helps if it's like a grandparent, or great grandparent and their birth year, death year and the ge- geographical place they were born and died. And then you push a button and you say you're related. Now, if that's in the database, it comes up. And his friend, we were Hmm. all, I think, like twelfth cousins, like once removed or something. And what's funny is that um, Susan Montgomery's husband, Todd, he has um, Scottish English heritage. So we did that. And Todd and I are 13th cousins, I think. That's wild.
0: You know, that is wild. And and (laughs) it's like, and you didn't know, I mean, you haven't known Todd since you were a kid.
1: Like, you know, yeah, what I mean? we like, just met a few years ago, yeah, and they were instrumental see? in getting uh, me involved in if and writing as a second career from teaching Yeah, yeah it was really fun. He's oh. a great photographer, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. See, but then see, in some way, you're connected in this whole thing. See, mm-hmm. isn't that weird? Like, you know, Todd is travel writing, photography, Sue, obviously, too. But, you know, your bloodlines connect and yet you have the same kind of interest. Isn't that bizarre?
2: I mean, it's not, but it is. But I I also think
1: that the populations of, you know, America is uh, what I think the third most populous country in the world. So we're dealing with smaller populations and countries. And then we're also dealing with the small population that came over to America. So I have found when um, doing this, um, trying to see if we're related to people, I would say half the time I am now it's distant. Um, but, uh, yeah, half the time it shows that there's some relation there, which does give a connection, which is, you know, what the genealogy travel is, is it gives you a connection to your family and to history, mm. everything that's gone before you are connected to it. You're not just reading about on a history book.
0: Yeah. It's, it goes beyond the dates. The dates suddenly have meaning. And then you start looking at what were the living conditions? What was, oh, the plague was happening. Oh, that's nice. Uh, you know, it, it, all of that.
1: And you see how many children people had and how many survived too. Oh, so that's a
0: brutal that. one. Yes.
1: And you see and how many
2: wives and husbands but they
1: had. We too. really
0: could be related because we've got Norwegian Viking blood in us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I have a little uh, Norwegian, mainly Danish, but I think we might, like Scott, uh, Todd and I are related on the Scottish, English side. So I'm thinking we would be related, Nancy, on that. Um, With Lisa Mm. on the English side, that's how I would connect to both of you.
0: Hmm. Who knows? I mean, it's we. We need to do our DNA. We need to do that for Christmas. We keep Mm -hmm. saying that, and then it's hard because we keep
2: traveling. (laughs) I want to go see the castle, even if it is a a apartment building. Maybe, maybe it's open as an Airbnb.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's open as an Airbnb, or we could go pet (laughs) sit
2: on the. On the other side, on my dad's side, that's a huge, huge mystery. There's so many tales. Um, apparently, I had three wives at the same time. My little daddy did, apparently. See, this only is found the, that that's,
0: and we're finding so, through interviews we do that in that generation, there was all kinds of shenanigans that
2: there, were in the closet. Things, <laughs> And, you know, I only found that out after my parents had passed that... Um, but when I think back, it's not a huge surprise, but it is like you know how did he manage and I have two birth certificates so that's interesting oh. um yeah, so this the one side of the family is a a real mystery and and to go uh check it out like I know I met my grandmother on my dad's side, and uh, she lived, she had a really nice, very rich home at the top of the, behind the Hollywood Hills sign, way up on the hill. But she didn't speak any English, barely, At I mean,
1: at Where all. was she from?
2: She was, well, as far as I know, from Romania. And That's why grand- Nancy
0: plays Mama Babushka on our show. That's shows. right. She's a Romanian.
2: She's India, and she gypsy. married a, a German fellow my granddad and um yeah it's crazy it's a crazy between the two sides it's crazy
1: crazy what you yeah, might, might not sides. know is that a distant cousin or maybe an aunt or uncle or somebody they may have put all those stories in the database that's yeah. really Very true much. you're really right yeah. because we did start doing
0: mm-hmm. this in um years ago and there was nothing and then I remember we were oh. in Yuma, Arizona and we were having cocktails out on the patio and uh, the hotel we were staying at and I was like googling stuff because our family mm-hmm. we have family there that we found out and we kept getting drawn to this area why mm-hmm. oh check this out this is some crazy yeah. stuff and then we start seeing all this and and all kinds of weird things I mean and I mean it Tough stuff happens so, I know And so we're looking at this and then, you know, then all these places we've been to, like the Sequoias in California, we cover it all the time. I mean, yesterday's Mm -hmm. show was that. And, you know, and then we found out all this family lives there. It's bizarre. Mm -hmm. There is a very... I don't I don't know. I, mean, I don't want to get woo woo, but there's a woo woo thing that is connected with it. And I do believe, you know, we migrate as human beings. We've been nomadic through the years in history. And I believe that we have like whales know where to go. I
1: don't think people have studied the sensors of humans that well, those humans are. imprints, And I think, yeah, you know, imprints could probably be passed on.
0: I, I believe that I mean birds could come be. to the same mm-hmm. house every year. Their mm-hmm. family will come and there fa- there's something and we just haven't really done it scientifically for humans as much, you know? So I think you what you're mm-hmm. doing is is fantastic and I know a lot of people will do it, but you you went you went on a big journey and mm-hmm. everyone uh, I mean she went, you know, all over and before mm-hmm. you go, I just want to touch on this and I do want to talk about your history of travel writing too, but you talked about going in these churches and with their, their frescoes and the danish yeah. um you know culture doing the the ships because we've been to a lot of uh well you know portland and going up north coast to california there's in washington state there's all of these just all of these sculptures and statues you know for the fishers i think the people going mm-hmm. out fishing the fishermen and and uh, the marine history too so that's what you experienced too all of these belief, like goodwill beliefs right
1: yes especially on uh, Bornholm on the mainland um, uh, Denmark probably a lot of farming um, but on Bornholm the island yes most uh, significant significantly fishing um, but the uh, ships in the churches, they hung from the ceiling and they were beautiful ships. And I love the symbolism that, um, you know, the church was a safe Harbor. The ships Mm. um, were to tell the uh, families that we were, you know, hoping on the sailors um, safe return. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just such a, a, a lovely, beautiful, sense. physical um, metaphor that I had not known before.
0: Wow. Wow. That's, it's mm-hmm. so cool. So what got you into, I know we talked about Todd and Sue Montgomery and oh. everyone, uh, let me get it, life-uncorked, un- right? life uncork.com And Linda also writes for tripatini.com. Well, you know, there's it sounds like a little martini thing going on here, Mm -hmm. Um, but and other publications. But what led you to go from teaching English to going now I'm going to use English and write it and put it out there?
1: (laughs) Well, I retired from uh, teaching. Um, Mm -hmm. I lost my husband. Uh, My Mm -hmm. children are all grown. And so um, I was wondering what I would do just part time. I didn't really want another job. And I met Susan and Todd, and um, they welcomed me um, with open arms into the, once they found out I was an English teacher, into uh, this writing field. And then I met Linda Kassam, who has been on your show many, many times. And mm-hmm. our, the, our diva. Diva. <laughs> <laughs> the diva, and all things, the, uh, the diva, mm. she was so welcoming and so kind. And um, I did my first article for her. And, oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, and then I, I published a few things, and then I applied for IFTO, which is a fabulous organization. It really is for when well, we have all ages. Uh, we have young writers and um, uh, the more mature writer um, like myself. But there are a lot of opportunities there, and uh, we have conferences. Um, we have a um, 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 we had a conference in um, uh, Sarasota just recently and you get to uh, meet other writers and um, uh, people from visitors bureaus uh, from all over the country so it's a great opportunity mm-hmm. for someone who's looking either to do full-time or part-time as myself.
0: That's awesome so where's the best place for people to Follow you, social media, website-wise. I know life-uncorked, tripettini.com. Are those the best two places? Or
1: yes, on Instagram, others? I'm uh, linda.com mm-hmm.
0: All right, Temecula Linda. So everyone keep up with her there on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure to hear from travel writers. And this is oh. just an especially cool story and very inspiring. And I think it's timely while we're at the holiday season when you're sitting down with grandma, get that get that recorder out because you can record things story yeah and you know that's the thing too we used to have to get a pad and paper out but right now you could just get a recorder or use your phone use a video camera let them talk and have that conversation document it and it's really cool to have people's voices
1: you know and to have Uh, photos and documents and again those you can upload so other people can enjoy them
0: mm -hmm, Mm absolutely absolutely thank you so much everyone again Thanks. we do this it's show fun. every uh, second friday we also have every second tuesday and we have a new travel panel show coming out uh, next year in 2023 with Iftwal with uh, travel writers coming on so stay tuned for that a lot happening it's very exciting mm-hmm. I, i'm yeah it's super cool thank uh, you so thank you. much
1: for for uh letting me share my journey
0: Oh, I no don't know. Now trouble, I'm going to have to go down awesome. a rabbit hole. Thanks for, I thanks know, for that. Now I'm, yeah, me too. I know. I know. So everyone, ifwtwa.org is the website for IFTWA, the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. Keep up with us at bigblendradio.com.